Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 908, air date March 19th, 2021. All right, good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Hope everyone's having a good evening. Uh, we just had a big meeting with our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior um, uh, group we do every Thursday evenings and went very well. We're focusing on um, really galvanizing people across the country now to start taking action in educating people on what's really going on with the electronic voting machines and really helping teaching people that uh, the concept of one person, one vote is in question right now as long as we have these electronic voting machines. But today we're going to focus on biology and we're going to focus on educating people from a systems approach to look beyond the antibodies. I've given a couple of talks about this over the last uh, week or so, but I think it's time that we really uh, deepen our, our learning and educate a lot of you. So we'll wait until people join. It is 10, 17 p.m. It is a weeknight. So howdy from Texas. Uh, great day, uh, bro and warriors. Excellent. Good to have you. Let's see who we got here. Uh, that's Lance Trywick. Great day, bro and warriors. Hello, Shiva. Great to have you. Arizona here. What else do we got here? Uh, Rand Paul is discussing immunity after infection, after infection with Fauci. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Atlanta, Australia, London. Great to have you. Hi from Massachusetts. Ann Sousa. Good to have you, Ann. Uh, Minnesota. Dan Wilson. Daniel Wilson. Hello from New Jersey. Wonderful. Someone said, uh, can you analyze the free enterprise system? Sure, we can do that. Um, Bahama Wellness Retreat Salute. Great to have you there. How's, how's the Bahamas? Uh, hello from Washington State. My friend developed Crohn's disease after the second shot of the COVID vaccine. Have you heard of this? Well, uh, Sarah, you're going to learn today of the many things that can really happen. And I'm going to give you a, uh, my goal today is to give you guys a systems understanding. So, um, and I have to tell you what you learn uh, on our platform here is something that you can't actually even get in many of the, the major scientific institutions because they take a reductionist approach. Most of biology is still very, very reductionist, which means they don't look at the whole. <clears throat> and you're gonna see that right here as we discuss the immune system and we go beyond antibodies, okay? And we're gonna, you're gonna, learn a ton here. This is going to be a, a very valuable talk. You can go review it. Um, <clears throat> you can have a um, you can have conversations with your friends. We have Florida, England. Great to have you for England. Plymouth, Massachusetts. Great to have you, Christina. Uh, Montreal. Wonderful. Afternoon from Victoria. Uh, who else we got? Someone saying here, uh, Gavin Newsom. What is this? Gavin Newsom is passing a law stating employees must pay for employees employers must pay for vaccines to get the vaccines voluntary not force or have side effects and have to take time off meanwhile the makers are exempted yep thank you to the kennedys that's where there comes from okay a hello from south carolina barbados good to have you jacksonville florida excellent okay texas tucson all right how we doing over here all right, good to have you. Russia, Omsk, great to have you, Russia. 
Is it true that the immune system weakens as you age? We'll discuss about that, okay? Um, all right, we're getting up there. We got people coming in, Michigan, uh, et cetera. Okay, well, anyway, thank you, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Idrid. So I'm going to give you a bunch of uh, 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 knowledge here, a simple way to put it, and it's going to be a systems approach to understanding. But many of you have probably heard of what antibodies are, okay? And if you don't know what antibodies are, very br briefly, I, actually, let me bring up the talk today so we can uh, set the title properly. All right, the title of the talk today I'm going to do this and share everything so I don't have to do this each time. All right. All right. So the title of the talk today, share my whole screen is this. Okay. All right. So the title of the talk today is Beyond Antibodies, A Systems View of Immunity. So just look at that title for a second. It's Beyond Antibodies. I'm going to take a systems view of immunity. And in the background, you're going to learn this diagram. It's really the interferon system. Um, and a whole host of things. You see viral infection taking place. We'll get to that. And we're going to do a cytosol molecular systems biology analysis. That's what we're going to do today, okay? We're going to take a systems view of immunity. Now, to begin this, in fact, I'm going to go to this so I can stay with this here. Uh, let me stop the share here. Let me go here. I kindly apologize for the switching around here. Okay. So we're going to do a systems view of immunity, all right? And the system's view of immunity is going to help you understand at a very, very deep level um, the flaws in the reductionist way that we look at immunity. You're going to learn um, what is <clears throat> a system's view. You're going to learn what is reductionism. You're going to learn biology of how transcription takes place, translations takes place, etc. And But we're going to take a system's view. So before I start, I, I have a sketch pad here. And what I want to do is, as people are joining in, I want to educate all of you onto um, a couple of basic concepts. Uh, one of the basic concepts I'm going to educate you on right off the bat, and then we're going to go through everything, is really to understand what happens at the DNA level of what we know today uh, of how uh, transcription and translation take place. I've discussed this before, but it'll help you understand. And then we're going to talk about um, I'm going to do some drawings for you to help you understand how the uh, how uh, the immune system from the very limited reductionist view works. And then we're going to also talk about, based on that reductionist view, how they built the mRNA vaccine. So you're going to understand all those things. And I'm going to do that with a bunch of drawings. I'll do that first. We'll cover that again, but sometimes the stuff is very new, so it's good to cover it a couple of times. So let me um, um, give some of the introductory slides here so we can get over some of the basics here. So we're going to do beyond antibodies and the system's view of immunity. Oops. You know what? I'm on the, I'm on the last slide, so i got to go to the first slide. Okay. There we go. All right. Let me go here. All right. Here we go. All right. So let's look at a systems view of immunity. So um, that's what we're going to look at. By the way, those of you um, who want to support all the research we do, all the education, you can go to vashiva.com. I'll come back to that. But it, we are really building a scientific, educational, community, activist platform.
for truth, freedom, and health. That's at vashiva.com. If you go to the website, um, you'll see a whole number of things that I've enjoyed doing um, and still do. Uh, we actually recently built a clean food certification standard. Um, obviously, many of you know I invented the first email system, and we'll talk about that. I ran for U.S. Senate, and that Senate run is where we developed the foundations of creating a whole new way of looking at the world, um, which is really the systems approach to politics, truth, freedom, and health. So we'll come back to that. But um, uh, so you can go check that out uh, at, at uh, vashiva.com. Today, we're going to cover the science of systems. We're going to cover what are antibodies, uh, what is the immune response to an infection. You're going to understand what is systems biology. You're going to understand how do vaccines work. So a lot of you have asked me, hey, Dr. Shiva, can you explain to us how a vaccine works? So I'm going to actually explain that to you today. How do a vaccine work? All the things in it. So you're going to, again, as I mentioned, get a hit, uh, get a get a ton of knowledge today. All right. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, the Cytosolve technology system that I built, how that helps us analyze and get to the scientific source of truth. Then we're going to look at the interferon system, which we looked at today, but we're going to come at it in this context with some new information. Then we're going to end with the synergy principle and then summarize. Okay. So this is what you're going to learn today. So what are you going to learn today? Okay. Always good to know what, what you're going to learn and why you're here for. All right. Um, what we're going to learn today is something that's um, really about um, four things. First, you're going to uh, learn the hype about antibodies. And you're going to realize there's science has put so much hype about antibodies, the same hype they've done about CO2. And that's what unfortunately happens with academia today, because based on where their funding comes, they put their attention. So um, there's a lot of hype about CO2 is, is the main issue, right? And we don't talk about pollution, the larger system of the climate. Um, same with at the biological level, the hype is about antibodies. And the issue, uh, the sec that's the first thing you're to learn, why this is a hype. So the second thing you're to learn is how does the immune system respond to an infection? How do vaccines lead to antibody production? Okay. And the importance of the interferon system and why we must go beyond antibodies. So let's begin by discussing the science of systems. Okay. And before I, I, you know, go into this a little bit, some of you who are new may know my background. I was essentially thrust into understanding the science of systems because of the uh, sort of wildly diverse world, worlds I grew up in and having to figure out how to modulate across these different realms. But, you know, on a personal note, I grew up as a kid in, in a, before I was the age of seven in, in Bombay, in India, but I also grew up in that in two different worlds. And not only was it the city, but I also grew up in this world of a deep South Indian village. And these are some of the scenes of it. My grandparents were village farmers. There's a picture of my grandmother in her Sunday best. And she practiced a traditional system of medicine. She didn't know anything about genes or proteins or uh, uh, she had tattoos all over her arms. Um, uh, and she was a village healer, but she could observe your face and she could predict what was going on inside your body. It's a traditional system of Indian medicine called Samudraka Lakshanam. That's the art of face reading, but it also goes back to the Siddha system of medicine, which goes back around 20, 30,000 years. So I was exposed, fortunately, to this um, fascinating, diverse world as a kid, but I was also exposed 
to this healing system um, that profoundly had a deep impact on me because it motivated me to want to understand how this woman who had no degrees could help so many people. So my grandmother on weekends, she would observe people's face. She could figure out what, was, what their system was undergoing. And then she would figure out particular formulations, particular massage, particular um, uh, combinations of foods for them, right? Or, or herbs. It, it wasn't a one size fits all medicine. It was highly, highly personalized. So that environment um, compelled me to really want to learn medicine. When my parents came to the United States here when I was seven years old, I um, you know, worked very hard. By the time I was 14 years old, I started doing medical research at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School, full-time research fellow. And I was looking at babies' sleep patterns, really understanding the system of sleep relative to babies, uh, published um, uh, papers on this. And then I also, while I was working in that medical school, Rutgers Medical School doing medical research, was also asked to convert the old fashioned inner office mail system. Some of you may know this, the inbox, the outbox, the folders, the memo, the blind carbon copy into its electronic form. You know, the secretary would write this on her, on her desk was the inbox, the outbox, the folders, you see these paper clips. She would write this memo, put it in this envelope, and then, and then this would get shot around all the different offices. And this was the um, e, quote unquote email before email. I was asked to convert this entire system to the electronic version. It had never been done before. And we're not talking about a simple exchange of text messages. And I called this system email and it was a system. And this is in the Smithsonian now. And there's pictures of me almost 40 years ago now. And um, not only did I create the system, um, named it email, but I also got the first US copyright. But the most important thing is I learned about systems. And by the way, 33 years later in 2012, my dear mom was dying. She had saved all these materials in a beautiful suitcase. And then finally the story came out that it wasn't a military who invented email. Uh, it was a 14 year old boy in, in uh, Newark, New Jersey. But that entire system of innovation was made possible by this other system of innovation, freedom and infrastructure, meaning I was given tremendous freedom. You know, I was very responsible also, I was given infrastructure. And then I was also given uh, in that environment, the opportunity to innovate. And that took me over to MIT um, in 1981. And I was deeply interested in medicine. And unfortunately, what I found out was that Western medicine looked at the body as a bunch of parts. So if you went to a doctor, he didn't look at your whole body. He looked at your body um, in in a in a uh, uh, in a in a dissected way. So if you had a headache, you may get sent to a neurologist. You may get sent to an endocrinologist. You may get sent to a psychiatrist. The general practitioner didn't wasn't taught a science of looking at the body as a system. All right, very important. But Western medicine was extremely good at if you God forbid something happened to you you know, in some terrible accident, was good at putting you back together. So I went in and out of MIT, always wanting to do medicine, very, very disappointed that there was not a systems approach. I did, um, you know, back and forth, three degrees in engineering, masters, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, design. And in 2003, something profound happened. I came back to MIT, and I'll talk about that, because a new field opened up called systems biology. And the reason that field came was because the Human Genome Project research in 2003 had just ended. And what we found was that we don't have 
the same number of genes as a worm. We have, um, we thought when the Human Genome Project started that a, a worm we knew have, has about 20,000 genes and the supposition was we must have more genes because we're more complicated. Well, what ends up happening is by 2003, it turns out we have the same number of genes. So this completely revolutionized biology because up until then, the entire focus of biology was called the central dogma theory. If you have, uh, yes, someone made this very good comment. Yes, it's the Dravidians have a very extensive experience of practicing medical, medicine healing, goes back over 10,000 years. Jesus Christ studied healing and medicine while he visited there. Yep, it, uh, it's a whole history we can study, but thank you for sharing that. But anyway, in 2003, medicine realized that they had made a big flaw. And that flaw was just because you have this gene doesn't mean you're gonna get this disease because if we have the same number of genes as a worm, shouldn't we be a worm? No, and the reason is because genes are not who we are. Genes create proteins, proteins create molecular uh, functions, and that's who defines what we are. So that, so in 2003, I came back to MIT to do my uh, PhD in a field called systems biology. And I want you to look at this. This is the way the biologist looks at the world. Genes and mRNA and proteins and metabolites and metabolic pathways and functional modules and large-scale organization. So, whoops, I didn't share that with you. Um, and that's, you can see that diagram, that's the way that, um, you know, we were taught uh, biological engineering bottoms up. So, as a part of that, let me just take a quick, quick um, aside, and I wanna teach you some very basic biology. I wanna teach you what is transcription what is translation, and you're, and you're gonna value that using this um, focus here, okay? So let's talk about very quickly, what is DNA? What is a concept called transcription? What is translation? And understanding this will give you an idea of some very, very, very basic ideas of what is mRNA, what is DNA, what is a protein, what are peptides, et cetera. And this will give you a deeper understanding. So. Um, and, and if you want to draw along, please have a paper and pen and you can draw along. So let's look at this. So I'm going to draw for you now um, this, okay? So I have my sketch pad here and um, still new to this, so bear with me. So let's talk about this. So I'm going to draw a couple of uh, uh, things here. So imagine this white whiteboard here represents the represents a cell, okay? We're not going to draw all of it, but over here, I'm gonna draw, let's say right over here, let's assume you have the cell and it goes like this, and this is what we're gonna call, this is the nucleus, okay? This is the nucleus of the cell, all right? Over here, right around here, this is gonna be the cytoplasm. This is the innards of the cell. And over here, this is the cell wall. And this is the outside. We're over here, this is the outside of the cell, okay? But this is the cell membrane. It typically has some thickness to it, okay? And this is a nuclear membrane. You can put some thickness around that, okay? Etc. So we have the cell here that we're looking at, all right? Now, when, so I wanna talk a little bit about, I'm gonna put, um, I'm gonna talk about, uh, the first step we're gonna talk about is something called transcription okay trans we're gonna see this trans 
transcription. What is transcription? Okay. Transcription is so in the nucleus, you have your chromosomes and you have something called DNA. You may have seen it looks like this, right? And DNA is a helix and it's got all these base sequences. These are base pairs and I'll explain what these are. So this is your DNA. A sequence of DNA, which is a sequence of these base pairs, is a gene. And genes, according to the traditional definition, will code for a particular protein. And how do they do that? That coding process takes place first through transcription, where the, so you have a piece of DNA let's, that will code for a gene. Let's say it's a gene for blue eyes, right? You have to create the protein for blue eyes. So what happens is this piece of the DNA right here, when it undergoes transcription, will literally open up like this. We're gonna open it up like this. So this is this little piece of DNA, opens up like this. So right here, it opens up here. And what we then have is the DNA sequences, uh, which I'm gonna do here, you know, open up. So this is the right side of the, of the gene sequence, and here's the other side, okay? And these match, these are called complementary pairs. So mRNA, messenger RNA, I'm gonna put in, let's say red here, is a replica of this genome sequence. It's the other half. So it literally copies the other half like this, okay? And this is mRNA. So this occurs during trans transcription, um, okay? And this mRNA sequence leaves the nucleus, and this is mRNA. So now you have this piece of mRNA, which has been translated. And what does that mRNA have? This mRNA, uh, to be clear, carries the sequence of DNA, because you, you have the other half, and once you have one half, you can replicate the other half. That's how it works, okay? So, um, so the 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 translation the the, the translation process um, transcription process I'm sorry involves because you're literally transcribing right like if you if I were to read something out so you're transcribing so it's literally transcribing the genome sequence and now you get a piece of the DNA of the RNA over here let's put it over here which is which is left out of the cell right so it's now out in the cytoplasm. So this is that mRNA. And what this, what this mRNA now does, it needs to go replicate, it, it needs to go produce a protein. So what it does, it, it goes find something called a ribosome, okay? So the ribosome, put it over here, is sitting over here, minding its own business, you may say. And so let's put the ribosome here. And it's got some stuff here. And this mRNA uh, comes to it, it comes right here, and the mRNA sequence literally feeds into it like a ticker tape, okay? And it's as it's feeding into it, it's got the sequence of genomes that are being read by the ribosome. So this is what's known as a ribosome. And again, that's in the cytoplasm. It's your cellular image is quite amazing. And with it, as it reads a sequence, it starts putting together what are known as 
polypeptides, okay? And these polypeptides start coming out, and these are essentially creating the protein sequence dictated by that DNA. So this is what we call the uh, protein sequence, okay? This is the protein right here, polypeptide, basically protein polypeptide that gets generated. This is literally the protein. And this protein um, may, be, may be something that defines eye color, right? This could be the protein for the color of your eyes. This process right here that we're looking at right here is called translation. Okay, so there you go. So you've just learned some very basic biology. And this protein, by the way, can leave the cell. Use green, sorry about that. You can do this. This protein can leave the cell and it can go interact with other things. The protein potentially can be a regulatory thing and it may go and it may go turn off other things, right? So it's very complicated. But let's say this is the protein for eye color, okay? So what have you seen here, or what you see here, is that you've just learned some very basic biology of the DNA, which during transcription opens up, okay? And it creates um, mRNA, which is li literally the blueprint for creating a protein, and that's what we do, okay? So this is what you wanna know about mRNA. mRNA is a piece, the half a piece of the DNA defining the gene that can code for a particular protein, all right? Now, um, I'll come back to how mRNA works, but I wanted to give you this background, all right? Because with this background, you now are, are armed uh, very soon to understand how uh, mRNA works and how uh, the messenger RNA vaccine that was created actually works. Let me just save this for um, memorialization. This is gene transcription. There we go. All right, so let me, um, come back. I'll come back to this, all right? So it's important to understand some of this basic biology because it'll help you appreciate when we talk about uh, mRNA and how that works, right? So by the way, if you were drawing that at home, you could have a quick idea on how to do this, all right? So now let's go to back to this slide set. And so as I was sharing, you know, the world of MIT taught me all of this, but I had also studied another system of medicine called the traditional system of Indian medicine, which dates back 10, 20, 30,000 years ago from South India, which where you looked at the body, not like genes and proteins and what I just drew, but it was a different view. You looked at it with chakras having tissues and vatha, pitta, kapha. Vatha, pitta, kapha were a way to figure out the body constitution of your body, which then was made up of spare, space, fire, air, water, and earth, which was made up of energies and so on. Anyway, the reason I share this is two very different systems, right? So think about what I just explained to you, you know, putting my MIT systems biologist hat on, and then what I just shared with you on the other side. Um, the MIT folks would look at that and say, what the hell is Shiva talking about? It sounds crazy. Vata, Pitta, Kapha, how can you understand anything? And those people over here, like my grandmother, would look at Western medicine and say, what are these guys doing? They don't even understand anything about the body, okay? So in 2007, 
after I finished my PhD, I had an opportunity to go back to India because I was fortunate to, um, to get the opportunity of a Fulbright research grant. And that grant, uh, you know, appeared on the front page of MIT. And it was interesting because they said East meets West, armed with four MIT degrees, Shiva Adre embarks on new adventure. And this is a full page story talking about me as a Fulbright scholar, that I was going back to India with four degrees to study Indian medicine. And they found it quite fascinating. What I discovered in that journey, in that systems journey, was that everything in the universe, which I had learned at MIT, engineering perspective was based on transport of energy, information, and matter, conversion of energy, information, matter, and storage. These three phenomenon, I discovered, the discovery I made was when I looked at the Indian system of medicine, which also looked at the world in a different way. It said there's the forces of Vata, the forces of Pitta and Kapha. Vata had to do with mo mo movement. Pitta was like your digestion. Kapha was like your structural aspects of your body. So they had a whole way of looking at the body. So when my grandmother, for example, looked at your body, she was trying to characterize you. Are you a Vata body type? Are you a Pitta? Are you a Kapha? Do you have good digestion? You're a Pitta. Do you move fast, talk fast? That's a Vata. Someone who's sort of slow moving, but is much more grounded would be the Kapha type. So they had a way of looking at the world. But what I came to discover was that entire system of Indian medicine, I had in fact found a way to integrate East and West. Transport was Vata, conversion was Pitta and storage was Kapha. This was a major discovery, which I came back and I published in an engineering systems journal about the fact that I discovered this translation. And this would literally become a very important gateway for East and West. And then I published this in the system of system systems engineering, which was an engineering journal because I knew that MDs wouldn't get it, et cetera. And then after I came back, I wrote a book called System and Revolution. And the purpose of this book was to educate people about the systems nature of everything in the universe. And that I had discovered a science that interconnected stuff at the macro level, interconnected East and West. And in fact, it bridged what I'd learned at MIT in control systems engineering to what I had seen how my grandmother practiced. So system and revolution also defined what is a revolution? What is a system? And I wrote it in such a way that I wanted to take that 40, 50 years of MIT or my pre-MIT training and distill it in a way that every one of you, and the book's up there in the back, you can see it's called System and Revolution, that all of you could understand in a very fundamental way, what is a system and what is revolution? And, and then in addition to that, because I knew many of you didn't have a grandmother potentially like I did, you had, I'm sure, very lovely um, grandparents, but uh, not someone who knew Siddha and Ayurveda, things like that. So I also created a tool using these principles called right up here, your body, your system, which basically was about uh, being happy to be you from a systems perspective, recognizing that you are a unique system that needs particular inputs, food, supplements, you need different exercises, and that you can use this tool to find the unique you, know the unique you, and what's right for you using that systems approach of transport, conversion, and storage, okay? So here, be happy, and you can go to your body, your system, that you answer a set of questions and it calculates for you, just like my grandmother would, what kind of body system you were. Then it figures out with the black dot how you deviated from who you are. And then it figures out, and by the way, this is where you are today. Two different sets of questions. One is, 
you know, sort of what is your quote unquote constitution? This is where you are today. And then it could prescribe not foods and medicine. It, 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 I, want, I don't want to use the word prescribe, but it could educate you on how the body is a system, right? This is not a medical healing show or it's none of that, but it taught you that how different foods affect your transport, conversion and storage and how exercise and this could bring you back to you. So this was really a very powerful tool that allowed you to understand systems and use your own body as a system. And this, I, uh, by the way, anyone who goes to vashiva.com, you know, everyone is supporting the uh, campaign uh, for truth, freedom and health. Those of you who've been so generous to give $25 and above, I offer everyone there this, the book and the access to the tool. So thank you again for your contributions, but I don't feel good about taking something without giving something back. So when you contribute to our platform, I give you uh, this first educational, uh, one of your first steps, which is truth, freedom and health. Now, and by the way, that got, that became a course, um, which I expanded into that used to be taught at MIT all over the world. And there's a master's training course. Those of you who are into health and well-being can go to Systems Health. You can get certified. You can get the, a lot more training and you can go help and teach others. Okay. Now, so now I want to get into antibodies, right? So that's sort of the background about systems. So now I want to talk to you about antibodies. Now, that first diagram I drew talked to you about translation, right? It talked about transcription. Now, in the entire medical world right now, everything is about antibodies, 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 antibodies. It's like no one knows about anything else the body has. It's only about antibodies. So think about that. We got six trillion cells. We got 60 trillion bacteria in our body. We have, you know, 380 trillion have 380 trillion viruses. We have so much complexity, yet everything about the immune system is you got to get that vaccine to get that antibody or you need antibodies. You need antibodies. Okay. So I want all of us to recognize, yes, antibodies are part of the immune system, but there is way too much conflation given to antibodies, way too much attention. Okay. It's and the antibodies are like the diva of the immune system, right? They want attention. They want attention. And, uh, and for whatever political reason, we'll get back into it. All the antibodies are the only thing that most people know about. Okay. I got to get that vaccine because I need to get that antibodies. Everyone follow what I'm saying. All right. So, um, and that entire, um, uh, thank you. Kim, Kim says you were good on, uh, uh, quite frankly, you're welcome. Um, so, uh, the entire system of antibodies, the entire system of antibodies is what everyone focuses on, all right? So as I go into that, before I go into that, let me give you another chalk talk here. So we've talked about what, what, what how transcription and translation work. I wanna talk to you about the, 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 the foundations of the immune system or the simplified way of the immune system that is used to basically uh, tell everyone vaccines and antibodies are where all the focus should be, okay? And again, I hope a lot of the MDs are listening, a lot of the virologists are listening because they're actually gonna probably learn something here because we're gonna take a systems approach. And many of you can actually go train your MD friends when you see this, okay? So we've talked about this, okay? We have a very nice diagram here talking about all of this. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna clear this and I'm gonna talk to you about what happens um, how does the modern idea of the immune system work? 
And what does the mRNA vaccine do to uh, emulate that, all right? So again, let's do the same thing as I just did, okay? Earlier, we assume that we have, let's assume I got the, again, the nucleus here. And again, if you guys want, you can draw this at home. Here's the nucleus. And over here, we're going to do the, I'm going to do over here, I'm going to have the, uh, the outside of the cell. I'm going to put it like right around here. So here's the outside, here's the cytoplasm. I want to get rid of this. Yeah, I don't need this. Okay. Here's the cytoplasm which is the inside of the cell. And here's also this, let's say the cell wall over here. And here's the outside of the cell. Okay, now what we wanna consider is what happens according to the, so by the way, what I'm gonna share with you, oops, I'm not putting that here. Uh, what I'm gonna share with you right here, I didn't, I gotta go over to this, this thing here. Boom, boom, let's see, right there, okay. So I'm gonna share with you right here what happens when the the an, a virus comes into you and this is not this is a small aspect of the understanding that the typically uh, the virologists and the people like fauci have this is not the whole uh, view of the immune system so you're getting a little aspect of the immune system but this is what the establishment scientists use to justify the focus just on antibodies, okay? So let's let's walk through that. So what happens here? So in this model here of the uh, immune system, by the way, it's their model, okay? You have a virus over here, okay? So I'm gonna put the virus up here and I'm gonna put all these little spike proteins on. The virus has got these spike spikes on it, as you can see here. And that's the surface protein. And inside of it, it, it also has its own little RNA. Okay, it doesn't have DNA. I'm sorry, I want to undo this. I can leave it. Okay. Uh, let me say, exit window. Default layout. Okay, so I want to get rid of this. So, yeah, so let's keep that here. And um, here we have. I'm going to put this right over here for me. Okay, so um, I'm gonna close this out. All right, so here inside the, inside the virus, the virus is carrying its own RNA, okay? That's represented by the blue. So what goes on here is that the virus, first of all, wants to invade your cell. And when it invades the cell, let's say it gets into the cell, because on the cell surface, as some of you may recall, is a receptor. It, let's say it looks like this. It's called the ACE2 receptor for COVID, right? And when the spike protein, when this virus comes over here, right? And it lands here, the spike protein gets, you know, I'm gonna extend it here, it gets attached to this, and it's able to then enter into the cell. So now you have the cell, now you have the, the virus inside the cell, right? So the virus is hanging out in the cell and it's moving along because the purpose of the virus is to replicate itself. It wants to use 
your machinery to replicate itself. And we've discussed that. But how does your immune system react? Well, first of all, there is the innate immune system, right? So let's let's draw your virus, our virus again here. It's hanging out over here, right? It's got all its spike proteins. It's in, it's it's the spike proteins are still part of the virus. It hasn't been um, attacked yet, as you're gonna see. Okay, and it's in. Now, what happens is the the innate immune system of your body um, uh, attempts to try to eat up this virus, okay? So it's got something that wants to come eat this thing up and spit it out, okay? And and that is called, uh, 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 you know, one of the macrophages. And the macrophages literally tries to envelop the virus, okay? And it's going to try to chomp on it, okay? It's going to literally try to eat the thing, okay? It tries to eat the thing. I'm going to put it dramatically like this, right? And it tries to eat this thing. And then it, you know, the virus gets in here, it chomps at it using a whole bunch of stuff. Now the virus is inside the, the macrophage. It's in, it's trapped inside here. And what does the virus, what does the macrophage do? It starts eating this up and it starts throwing out its body parts everywhere, right? You get pieces coming of RNA, you get this showing up, right? It literally starts, you know, throwing out pieces particularly, let's say, the surface protein, all these little, it's like a, 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 a bloodbath is taking place, okay? And the, and, the, and, the, and the virus is basically getting destroyed, okay? These are all the pieces of the virus. So what now happens is that your immune system, by the way, this is called the innate immune system. These are macrophages, and they try to eat up the virus. And this is called the innate, which means the early innate immune system. And we've talked about this before. And this process goes on. And hope how's everyone doing? Everyone okay? Everyone following along? Okay, good. Everyone good? Let me just check in. Everyone okay over there? Okay, good. So, so what we have here um, is that <laughs> Dr. Shiva horror movie. Yeah. Right, it's one way you can look at it. So what's happening here is that the early innate immune system, and remember that innate immune system, we'll come back to that. Um, this is the macrophages kill, you know, start uh, destroying this. And these and these antigens, I'm gonna throw them, you know, are hanging out all different places. Let's say they go to the surface here. And, and, and this is basically the bloodbath that took place. Now, what happens here is quite fascinating your adaptive immune system, the adaptive immune system, it's called the adaptive immune system, kicks in. This is, if this is one part of the immune system, this is the second part. And the adaptive immune system is composed of a cell that I'm gonna put in a, uh, a let's say, different color over here. It's called CD4. CD4 plus T cells. And these CD4 T cells give rise to what is known as a CD8 T cell. Okay, doing a little bit of a different color, all right? And the CD8 T cell, CD8 T cell, what this T cell does, it has the ability 
to, let's say we have one of these pieces here, which is a spike protein, it knows to recognize it, all right? It recognizes this spike protein, okay? And it says, okay, this, this is somebody that's not supposed to be here. And what it does is it goes and starts destroying the infected cell, okay? Because it knows this cell's been infected, get all these proteins everywhere, and it basically kills the infected cell, kills cell. It's called a cytotoxic, cyto, which means cell, toxic means T cell. It kills the cell. But the CD4 T cell also does something else interesting. It also generates what's called a, some of you may know of this, a B cell, okay? A B cell. And the B cell does something fascinating. The B cell actually starts um, based on recognizing that particular protein, right? Again, the B cell recognizes this thing and it starts generating in response to this, a bunch of things called, it starts generating things called antibodies. And I'm gonna put them, they look like this, right? These are the antibodies, okay? This is what we mean by antibodies. Antibodies. All right? So the B cell creates these antibodies. And what do the antibodies do? When they see a virus hanging out, all right? These B cells come in and they attack it, they surround it, and they block it, okay? Put the RNA here, and they take it out, okay? There you go. So what you've just seen here is the entire, I'm gonna call these antigens, by the way, completeness. So what you see here, in a very uh, simple way, is you can all, by the way, learn how to do this, I hope you do, is that this model has the innate immune system, which are the macrophages, which by the way, are in your eyes, your nose, your gut, and all these different places. It's, this, it's the thing that first experiences the virus. When it sees that, your immune system tries to gobble it up and it starts you know, basically hacking it up, like someone said, a horror movie, okay? And as a part of that hack up, um, it, all these pieces are flying everywhere. Those pieces we call antigens. The antigens, are what stimulate in the two box model of the immune system. By the way, this is not the full immune system. This is what Fauci thinks is immune system. That two box model excites your next part of your immune system, which is your adaptive immune system over here. And the adaptive immune system turns on the CD4 cells and the adaptive immune system creates CD8 cells, which recognize that antigen. And on one thing, they, they and one, uh, side, they go and try to eat up the destroyed, uh, they destroy the infected cell because they don't want that cell going anywhere, hurting other cells. And the other hand, the CD4 T cell creates a B cell and the B cells recognize that antigen and they produce a particular antibody. Okay. So what I just shared with you is really the foundation of the biological uh, notion of antibodies. Okay. That there's a specific antibody to a particular, in this case, a virus protein, okay? So you just learned um, some basic immunology. We'll come back to what the mRNA vaccine does, okay? 
what they try to do. But what you've just learned is that our body looks for these antigens, which is a surface protein of the virus. And then seeing that your body generates antibodies. So you get infected to COVID, you get infected, you get a flu. Well, your body, first of all, experiences, you know, you get a little sniffle, a cough. If you take your vitamin D3 and your A and all those nutrients I've shared with you, you know, your body, you know, has a big, good, strong attack against that. You're, and we'll talk about the interferon system. And so all these little pieces of the shrapnel of the virus are everywhere. And your body recognize it. And it, in this model, it creates antibodies. Okay. I hope that's clear. All right. So that's the model of the immune system. Oh, we got to get antibodies. All right. Now, let's go back to our slide set because they're jumping around between a couple of things here. Um, is in the, now we given that background, I hope you can, we can have a discussion about antibodies. By the way, all of you who are joining us new, we're having a discussion about going beyond antibodies and how anti, the, the focus on antibodies is gonna manipulate people to think that's the end all and be all. It's not the end all and be all. It's a part of something much larger. Now, I wanna share with you some very interesting research that just came out. So even in the National Institute of Health Directors blog, the NIH is the group that Fauci is associated with, um, there were two very interesting people. This just came out and it just said, there's an over-reliance on antibodies for protection from reinfection. The first paper, which was the NIH director's blog right here, it said the current science on COVID-19 antibodies, that's right out of the NIH, the amount of antibodies starts declining after 20 days. Antibodies are found in patients only up to eight months. Uh, uh, antibodies found, I'm sorry, in patients only up to eight months after uh, initial infection, right? Um, and virus neutralizing activity of antibodies only 53% at eight months post-infection. And then the other paper talked about that we can be too specific, right? That antibodies protect against reinfection from new variants. It's a very, very important point. So what are we saying here, okay? That the two points that are being made here, uh, we need to understand very, very carefully um, is this, that number one, right? That we're hyping up antibodies. Antibodies aren't everything. And the research is saying that, that the right after you forget, right after if I sneeze on you and you get infected, within 20 days, the antibodies start declining. The second point here, the antibodies found in patients only up to eight months after initial infection. Remember, people thought, oh, well, you know, I get the antibodies and protected for life. Well, no, after eight months, you don't even have any more of the antibodies, okay? Very important. After eight months, that's not a long time. Your B cell has memory, but the antibodies start dropping after 20 days, and they, after eight months, they're not existent at all in many cases, okay? Very, very important to understand this. And this is coming out of, right out of the NIH here. All right, so again, what's the what's all the hype about antibodies if they're not there, I'm sorry, after eight months, okay? So the virus neutralizing activity of antibodies. Now, the thing is antibodies, remember the whole purpose of antibodies, as I just shared with you, I've shared over and over again, they're like the Navy SEALs who are attempting to take out that very specific COVID-19 variant. Let's say that COVID-19 changes a little bit. Guess what? That 
antibodies useless. So what this other research said was that the antibodies are too specific. They're like a guy who's only good at getting up to bat and he could only bat a curveball that's thrown at 60 miles an hour with a six degree arc. He can't do anything else, okay? He could only do that particular function. So think about that. An antibody is a instrument that can only handle, only under a particular thing. If there's a slight variation of that virus, guess what? You gotta go get infected again, right? So relying on antibodies, if we were to rely on antibodies for the immune protection, we, I mean, there's 300, there's trillions of viruses around us. Are you trying to tell me that antibodies are the only way that we're protecting ourselves? This is why there, there was some uh, Bashi guy, everyone was sending me his YouTube video. He's a virologist, he used to work for Bill Gates. And now he's bemoaning, acting as a, well, you know, I find the vaccines or not. I don't know what's going to go on. He's crying and stuff, right? Well, the guy doesn't understand that his entire life was focused on antibodies. It's a, it's a screwed up model. Engineering systems, people like ourselves, what I want to train you to be, will get right away. How can just the antibodies, right, be the foundation of the entire immune system? because you would have to have so many freaking antibodies for everything. And what we find is, the truth is, there are people who've been infected by COVID-19, they don't even have any antibodies in them, but yet they fought it off. Well, how's that possible? How's that possible? How is it that someone who doesn't have antibodies is asymptomatic, but is still able to survive and do well, which means there must be other things involved. It's not just antibodies. And it's so unfortunate that people don't ask fundamental systems questions. But that's why I want all of you to start thinking systems. Because when you take a systems approach, that's why I built the course, Foundations of Systems. You take that course, you start becoming a system thinker. All right. So that's, um, so let's go back here. So the key point is that this article, which is coming right out of the NIH, and nature, one of the most prestigious, it's saying that antibodies can be too specific and antibodies cannot protect us against reinfection from new variants. And here we're seeing that antibody, you know, the activity, only 53% of eight, uh, any, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the virus neutralizing activity antibodies, only 53% after eight months, which means the half-life has gone down that much. So I have just shared with you now in those pictures so you understand the old model of the immune system is, oh, okay, you got this innate immune system. How are you guys doing on Instagram? Good? All right. You have the, the pathogen, which comes to the innate immune system, as I just shared with you. That's the entire system I just shared with you here. That's this, okay? That's the system of the innate, which is a macrophages over here. and But it doesn't include the adaptive immune system. All right? So the pathogen comes through the innate, that gets turned on, you spit out antigens and your adaptive immune system gets on, uh, turned on the goals to just generate antibodies, okay? Um, and that is essentially what most doctors learn. Most medical doctors, nice people, but they're highly, highly ignorant when it comes to immune system. Oh, do you have that antibody? That's it. Everyone's about antibody, 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 like anybody. <laughs> antibodies that they all want to talk about is antibodies, right? And because their idea of the immune system is based on a two-model understanding of the immune system. It's not based on any of the other subsystems 
that are important that just came out in the talk I gave in November at the National Science Foundation. All right, there's many more subsystems to the immune system. And for example, just going a little bit detail as I just shared with you here, which I just already went over, you know, the virus comes in, the body, the semaphorophage tries to eat it up, which you just went over. The antigens are the small proteins. You see it right here, that little pink thing right here that is spit out. And then this, this, the antigen is presented to the T cell, which we talked about the CD4, which then starts, let me just go over that with you guys again, just to be safe. Everyone's on catching this. And it's, you know, I already did this diagrammatically to show you guys uh, in addition to those slides, right? So this is what happens here. Your, your innate immune system puts all these materials out, which are the spike proteins. And over here, your CD4 T cells recognize the spike protein through the CD8, and it tries to kill the infected cell or creates a B cells, which create these little Y things, which are the antibodies. That's pretty much what we're covering here in the same slides, all right? So let's go back here back to the PowerPoint. So this is the two-step process. Phagocytosis, step one, you eat up the virus, you, you get the antigens, the surface proteins, and then you present the antigen to a T cell. You can say, hey, T cell, wake up. Now turn on the adaptive system, all right? Now, and I've already talked about this. We already walked about this, how the virus comes in, the CD4 cell presents itself, and we just went through this, okay? So you, got, you guys already understand this. So now, we want to talk from a system standpoint, okay? We want to start understanding, well, how do you produce real immunity? If antibodies, as I'm saying, are a minor piece of the problem, a minor piece of the solution, how do you actually get real immunity? Well, before we go there, we have to understand that unfortunately, excuse me, Science, biological sciences, has moved towards reductionism. Reductionism means you look at the little parts. So you have this huge elephant in front of you, and you're just looking at the little nail or the little one part of it, and you're blind. And that's a famous story that I keep sharing of the six blind men who the king invites to touch the elephant. This is reductionism. Write it down. Reductionism. Opposite of system thinking. So the, here's you got the big elephant, but these blind guys are touching, unfortunately they're blind, they're touching different parts of the elephant. Well, they don't see the whole, they just see parts of it, right? And, and because they're blind and they only see parts of it, one guy thinks he must be touching the snake, the tusk, I mean the, the, the trunk. The other guy's touching the tusk, thinks, wow, this must be a, a, a spear. And the guy's touching the, the side, thinks it's a wall right here. The guy's touching the tail and so on. So they don't have, they have a blinded view of re reality a reductionist model. And what I want to put forward is just focusing on the antibodies and forgetting the entire immune system, the many ways that you could build immunity and just focusing on the antibodies is like these blind guys, okay? who are touching the elephant and not seeing the whole. And, and therefore, because they don't see the whole, they don't take a systems approach. And, and, and this has been the basis of the development, in my view, it's a reductionist approach of the mRNA vaccine. It's not about pro-vax or anti-vax because that's just getting it to the stupid hype, okay? We wanna train ourselves to be system scientists. So now I'm gonna show you, 
based on what you've learned from transcription and translation, now you understand how the immune system works, at least their version of the immune system, which is just the adaptive and the innate. Now I'm gonna teach you the rationale behind their idea to build the mRNA vaccine. Okay, so listen very carefully. They're taking a reductionist approach. That reductionist approach is, we're only gonna generate that antibody. And they're not thinking, a lot of smart people, I know these guys, right? But they're book smart, reductionist smart, not system smart. And what they've done is they've said, okay, we are, our job right now is to just generate that antibody. And they said, you know, we used to use deadened viruses and vaccines. They're sort of, um, it takes a long time to make them, six, 12 years. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna create an mRNA vaccine that's gonna be faster than putting the shot of the deadened virus. So what is the mRNA vaccine? Everyone ready for this? Everyone ready for this? Okay, so let's talk about the mRNA vaccine. What is it? And again, I encourage all of you, uh, if you want, you can draw along. So let's look at the mRNA vaccine here. And you're gonna learn very soon what the rationale is, a reductionist rationale. Let me go back to the drawing board here. Let me save this here. This is what we'll call this, uh, we'll call this innate adaptive. Okay. Make sure you guys see that. I forgot to, I like putting little, signing my little artwork here. Let's sign it here. Dr. Shiva. And this is what, 2021. Okay. So in case you guys want to take it there, you got the, Autograph there too, if you need it. All right, so now let's go now and look at the, let's clear this and let's look at the, now let's look at how the mRNA vaccine works, okay? So what we're gonna do here is if you remember, we're gonna again do the same thing, okay? Here is the nucleus. And remember, here's your DNA, which is hanging out there, your DNA. And remember, this typically does, you know, its process, the nucleus. Um, and here we have the cytoplasm. And here we have the outside of the cell. So what happens? Here is a person here, and they decide that they're going to get the vaccine, okay? They're gonna get the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine. So what does that mean? Well, when they get the shot of that vaccine, inside their body are circulating these little, let's do, uh, I'm gonna use a different color here. This is the outer surface of the vaccine particle. We're looking at one vaccine particle, right? So you get a lot of these things that people are getting. They get all these vaccine particle, I mean, mRNA particles in them, okay? And inside this mRNA particle, I mean, this inside this particle is, guess what you have? You have a piece of messenger RNA, okay? Just like I did before. In fact, let me 
go back i'll do it the same way i did i think i used the color red so I have this red color this red color red color so you have all these little particles that have been put into you this is the mrna inside them okay so just to be clear this is the mrna inside of this this thing right here is the mRNA, it's messenger RNA. Well, remember, if you looked earlier, what is messenger RNA? What is messenger RNA? Messenger RNA is a is a messenger ribonucleic acid. It is the blueprint, it is a blueprint for coding a particular protein. Remember, messenger RNA leaves the nucleus, it goes outside into the cytoplasm, and it goes to the ribosome and it codes for a protein. So messenger RNA codes for a protein. So when these guys built the mRNA vaccine, they were thinking, okay, we don't want to give the dead and virus. We got to culturate all this stuff we got to do. We're going to inject the person with a, with a messenger RNA, okay, that the body has never seen before. Okay, these are some of the issues that we should talk about from a safety perspective, okay? And this substance is going to enter the cell, right? It goes into now the messenger RNA, that particle is inside, right? It's inside your cell. So it traversed its way in. And now the interesting piece starts. So here it is. Okay, here we go. And, and inside this is that messenger RNA. So it gets in. Then what happens is the outer shell of that dissolves, right? And what you, what you have, who's here? What you have is the messenger RNA hanging out in your nucleus, okay? There you go. So this is the messenger RNA that was delivered to your body from this injection, okay? So the injection gave you the mRNA. Now this mRNA is in your cell. And what happens is if you go back to our ribosome, which is nicely just hanging out here, minding its own business. Here's a ribosome. And the ribosome is a factory for making proteins. So this messenger RNA dilly-dallies over here. Okay, comes in here. And what happens is the messenger RNA now starts spitting out a protein, okay? It starts putting out a protein. Well, guess what this protein is for? It's a protein, I'm gonna do it like this, it's the spike protein, okay? It has created the spike protein, spike protein of COVID, of COVID-19, okay? This is a spike protein. And what is that spike protein? If you remember, that spike protein is if we had the virus out here, right? It is the 
it is the outer protein, it is the spikes. It is this. So what they have done in a very clever way, in some sense, is that they have created a vaccine, quote-unquote a vaccine, which has inside of it the messenger RNA that codes for the spike protein, which is found on the coronavirus, okay? So instead of creating the coronavirus and sending it into you, which is the quote-unquote old way, the idea here is we're going to trick your cellular machinery, the ribosome, we're going to send it the messenger RNA, which is the blueprint for your own body to create the spike protein. This is quite a, from a technology standpoint, it was a Hungarian uh, scientist, a woman who was the one who came up with this breakthrough. So it's quite fascinating. From an engineering standpoint, it's quite amazing, but doesn't mean it's the right thing to do, okay? Uh, just because we can do something doesn't mean we should go create it, okay? This is one of the uh, things that needs to be discussed if we really have a bottoms-up movement, who's deciding who's creating what, okay? So uh, getting back here, this spike protein, this thing is starting to create a bunch of spike proteins. So, right, it's more and more spike proteins are coming. And you remember what happens when the spike proteins come? These spike proteins are being created, right? Just like when the, the monster was chopping everything up. Well, what happens now? Well, your own bodies, your own bodies, T-cells wake up, okay? And this is, once again, your body's CD4 T-cells. What do they do? Well, they wake up, they see this, and they wake up the B-cell. And if you remember the B-cell, different color on the B-cell, this is the B-cell. What do B-cells do? B-cells make, they make the antigen. They make the antigen. They make tons and tons of these antigens, which go surround the, if they ever see the virus come in, they're ready to take it out. Okay, so this is antibodies get created. Again, antibodies, okay? Antibody production. Right here, okay? The goal was to create these antibodies, okay? And by the way, the CD4 T cells also will create the other cell, which will try to go at, take these out, take, take out the inner cell. But what I want you to see right here is the bottom line is that antibodies are being created right here, okay? So let's look at that again. How's everyone doing? People okay? Okay, people doing good? Okay, so what you finally fundamentally seen here is that the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines were created that they're sending messenger RNA into you, which then codes for a spike protein, which then your T cells then create the antibodies. Does that make sense? Everyone good? Good. So you guys are learning a ton of stuff. So I'm very, very proud of you guys are tracking this. Um, it's a lot of stuff, right? But hopefully these diagrams are making it easier for you to understand. But um, you're getting an immunology um, uh, class right now. You're getting a biology genetics class. 
you're getting a systems class, uh, you're getting a ton of stuff here, okay? And so what you've just learned here, what's the problem here? Everything is like a person with blinders on antibodies, antibodies, and it's like the mantra is, oh, antibodies, oh, antibodies, that's what they're doing, okay? That's what's going on here. So the idea here is if I generate those antibodies, I've taken care of everything, give me billions of dollars, you got the antibodies, everything's fine, okay? That's what it's all about. So all this complexity, all this billions and billions of dollars are being spent to just generate that antibody. And the notion is if you get that antibody, you're protected. So whether it was a traditional quote unquote vaccine, whether it's a Moderna vaccine, whether it's the whole basis of the theory of the old theory of the immune system, it's you have to generate the antibody. Okay, is that clear to everyone? Now, is that true? Is that true? Okay. Um, is it true that CO2 is the thing that we got to shut down the entire world for? No, it, it's not. You go down below 200, 180 parts per million, there is no more life on planet Earth. We need to lower pollution. That's a real problem. The real issue when it comes to the immune system is we want to boost immunity. We want to understand that the immune system is like a beautiful orchestra, as I've talked about. It's not just one thing. It's all these other things. And we're going to talk about one of the most important systems I've talked about before, the interferon system. I always come at things in a couple of different ways. So you guys start seeing it and you get a holistic understanding. Just seeing it one way doesn't get it. Seeing it a couple of times doesn't get it. You got to see it in a bunch of different ways. So we're going to go back to that thing called the interferon system, which I'll come to. Because you're, we're going to find out there's a whole nother musical orchestra playing here instead of just the single note of the antibody. All right. So let's go to that. All right. So let's go here. So let's go back um, to understanding that. All right. So let's go back to the PowerPoint. So anyway, this is the reductionism. What I just shared with you, the, the blind guys looking at it, the development of the mRNA vaccine is based on this reductionist notion. I just got to get the antibodies. They're not understanding the complexity of systems at a higher level that you have to have most transport and conversion and storage. And, and for in my journey, when I understood reductionism and I understood systems biology, right? What I also was able to see was this entire system of how this is really the science of everything is directly related to truth, freedom, and health. Without freedom, you can't even practice science to get to truth. And without truth, we're never gonna find the health for us or our bodies or anything. Without health, we're never gonna be able to have the strength to fight for freedom, all right? This interconnection, so the same scientific system science that I discovered, you know, I learned from control systems theory and MIT hardcore training, is what led me to realize that that fundamental relates back to traditional systems of medicine, 10,000 years old, same process, different terms. And that's why when you take our course, the warrior course, please go to vashiva.com slash join. And, and I'll put the note up there as I'm talking, because we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to a couple of things. Please go there and take this course because you're going to understand the science of everything, which is understanding this diagram. You're going to learn a lot more. It's a three-hour course. I teach it every Monday evening, and we're building an amazing community of brilliant people who are being attracted to this. The people who get attracted to this are some of the smartest people I've met. Smart in the sense they got common sense. They're working people. 
They want to understand the physics of what makes the world tick. Anyway, so this systems approach, which is founded on this, is also related to truth, freedom, and health. All right. And that's um, in addition to creating all the other courses, I had to create a course called Foundations of Systems. So you don't have to go to MIT. You don't have to go to India. You don't have to do a Fulbright. In about three hours, I can tr train you on this. And there's a whole set of courses. You're going to understand the science of everything. You're going to understand this intricate, what is this? What is this? And you're going to understand this diagram is the science of everything. So if you allow me, I, I got to get a little bit of water. So as you're waiting, we'll come right back. I'm going to uh, play our, uh, you know, anthem, if you want to call it, for truth, freedom, and health. And I'll come back and we'll continue the antibody stuff. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the entire opposition to antibodies, what the real immune system, the full gamut really looks like. So please enjoy this. And remember, all of this research, all the work we do, you know, we have a lot of guys on our team who work together to put these presentations together. But our goal is to educate you to take a systems approach so you can use this to educate others. You can use this to go educate your doctor. You go educate healthcare professionals because that's how we overcome the fear. We educate people, say, hey, look, the antibody's one little piece. It's not everything. You know, there's this other thing that you can work on too. And Dr. Shiva told us this thing called the interferon system. So we're gonna come over to that, but let's go over to truth, freedom, and health. As many of you know, if you go to vashiva.com slash join, uh, slash, I'm sorry, you go to the main page, vashiva.com. You can definitely, I'm already logged into the system. You can go to join, right? And you can support this movement. And we have people, thank you very much for all your guys' support. It's what's paying for the hardware we're purchasing. We have our own data center. And all of this is where we're hosting stuff out of. By the way, those people, you know, some of you guys are donating $100 or more. And for all of you, I give you access to the entire Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior course. Thank you. Some of you are giving the $25. Thank you. I give you access to the basic tools. But let me play this, you know, our video because I want it to inspire all of you to become truth, freedom, and health warriors. I want it to inspire you to get educated and not be enslaved, okay? And that's the gift that we have today of education. Here we go. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. And this reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth Freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot 
convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com. And it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health. And they can find it on V as in Victor, A Shiva, VAShiva.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, everyone, I hope that was valuable. Again, it's, it's um, always to get us back on track on the bigger mission here. So we're, today we're studying 
antibodies and to really educate everyone that antibodies are a little bit hyped up, okay? It's not the essence of what we should be focused on. If anything, what we should be focused on is to understand the full nature of the immune system, right? And that's what we're studying here today. So I hope everyone's enjoying this. So let's go back to what we wanna um, talk about here in the context from a systems approach. So let me go right back to our slide set. So we've talked about the Truth, Freedom and Health movement. And by the way, um, please um, recognize that um, uh, we're, we're, it's not about just you know uh, education or it's not just about communities, but activating you. When you go into the dashboard, you'll see there's a whole bunch of tools here you can get educated. There's the book and then there's the Your Body, Your System software. There's a portal where you can educate others. There's so much stuff in here that people don't even know what to uh, do fully with it. So we have them start with the course. Um, I handhold them for three hours on Monday evenings. So then you get to really appreciate all of this stuff. You get access to scientific reports. Um, then you also get access to three other uh, eBooks on how you can apply system syncing to your body, um, your system, your, your life. Uh, and also then you get that paper that I wrote, um, which became the foundation of the course I used to teach at MIT. And then uh, again, we want to thank everyone. You know, it's an enormous gift when you guys give us $100 or more. So I, I make all of that accessible to all of those people who who made that kind of contribution. Again, I don't want to take anything for nothing. This is really when you contribute, you get all of this. And then as a part of that, all the um, people also get access to the community. Anyone for free, uh, if you just want to be a member of the community, gets access to the forum and some videos. And then our warriors also get access to this entire social media um, I'm sorry, this is a forum that everyone can use, but our warriors also get access to the social media where they can create their pages. Um, and we're you know, constantly updating the UI. Tomorrow we're having a big meeting with our warriors to um, take another uh, advancement of the user interface. And then you can get activated. Activated means we want you to start using all this knowledge to, for example, go educate people. You learn about masks and oral health from a systems perspective, like you're doing today. We make little cards and on the cards is a URL where you, where you can direct people to more research. But then on the back of it is like a Cliff Notes version. What's the science? What's the issue with oral masks and oral health? What are the public health implications? You also learn about what is a real issue so we can bring people together. It's not about vax and anti-vax. It's about boosting the immune system. It's building community. And it's about this whole, no the science of putting everything on vaccines for all, one size fits all doesn't make any sense, but we do know is nutrition and friendships boost immunity and also the public health implications, okay? So uh, you wanna take advantage of this because um, we, it's not just about getting educated, you're, part, you're joining a community of people. So let me now go back to a lot of you wrote in and you said, Dr. Shiva, can you explain to us how vaccines work? So we've talked about how transcription works. We've talked about how the mRNA vaccine works. We've talked about how the basic understanding of the immune system works where unfortunately they're focused on antibodies. I also wanna take a little bit of time to look at the traditional vaccine, okay? Not the mRNA vaccine. Um, we'll, come, we'll summarize that, which you already know more than enough about, probably more than you know, 99% of the planet right now you've learned. Um, so how do vaccines work? Well, in the reductionist approach to immunity we've talked about, it's supposed to be a preventative measure. 
and it's supposed to train the immune system to recognize pathogenic microbes. So you're basically giving your body something and you're training it to say, if you see this again, take it out. Um, and it causes what's called a secondary immune response. It's not a cure, very important. It works through quote unquote herd immunity. Now vaccines are available against viruses, bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and parasites, all right? whole range of areas that um, this kind of stuff has been applied to. But what's in a vaccine? Well, it has the antigen. Now you know what an antigen is, right? It's a thing that excites your immune system to take action. So typically, we'll discuss that the antigen is typically, we'll talk about, it's a deadened form of that vaccine. We're not talking about the mRNA. And then it's got adjuvants. Um, it's got antimicrobials, preservatives, and stabilizers. This wasn't just working by itself, right? But so they had to add all this other stuff. So just think about it. If, God forbid, you have one person sneeze on another person, right? Um, in the old days, when people got chickenpox, they all got together. But if you one person sneezes on another person, well, the body gets activated. It produces what's called the immune response. So the goal of a vaccine is to attempt to mimic that. So instead of someone sneezing on someone, what they're saying is, I'm not gonna give you all their snot and everything, but I'm gonna give you a refined version of a deadened form of that virus, which is maybe the spikes. You just put it with the deadened form so the body senses those spikes as antigens and it will turn on the immune system. But it wasn't doing that, okay? It wasn't working. They weren't getting the response that you would do from a natural model, okay? Um, uh, what ended up happening was they had to add all this other stuff. Adjuvants, we'll keep the adjuvants going, they needed all this other stuff. So vaccine is not just the dead virus, it's all this other stuff. So it could be a live attenuated vaccine, that's one thing. And this prevents diseases caused by viruses and bacteria. And examples are measles, mumps, rubella, MMR, right? Measles, mumps, rubella, and varicella, chickenpox vaccine. Inactivated vaccines prevent disease caused by virus and bacteria. That's a goal. Examples of polio vaccine. Toxoid vaccines are also intended to prevent diseases caused by bacteria that produce toxins. For example, DTaP. It's diphtheria and tetanus. If you get the if you get a tetanus shot, by the way, just to be clear, the tetanus shot is not just a tetanus shot. It's DTaP. It also inc includes a diphtheria, quote unquote, vaccine. Okay. So you have to understand that. Um, and all of these are intended intended to, you know, um, uh, prevent disease caused by vaccines. They're subunit vaccines. These vaccines also are aimed to prevent disease caused by virus and bacteria, but they only include a part of the virus or bacteria subunit. So they take a little piece of it, right? So in pertussis, whooping cough, it's a component of the DTaP vaccine. Then there's conjugate vaccines. These again are intended to prevent diseases caused by bacteria with outer coating of a sugar-like substance called a polysaccharide. And these are, for example, the HIV vaccine, hemophilus influenza type B. Then now we have what we just walked through, the DNA, RNA, and mRNA vaccines. These are also intended to do the same thing, and they deliver the mRNA, DNA vaccine in a vector such as a lipid nanoparticle, right? An example is a COVID-19 vaccine, okay? So how do these vaccines work? Well, we just showed you the mRNA vaccine work. The attenuation of the virus means reducing its viral virulence. So first of all, they give you a deadened form. 
And to attenuate a virus, they're grown in a foreign host. Live animals, embryoed uh, eggs, tissue culture. And the goal is the virus will mutate in the new host to natural selection process and evolve to have less virulence than the vaccinated subjects. What they're saying is they're taking the very strong virus and they're sticking it in something, hoping it mutates to get something that's less virus. A lot of work, okay? A lot of work. I'd rather just get someone sneezing on me, frankly, okay? Anyway, uh, attenuated virus replicates fewer than 200 times in the vaccinated uh, subject compared to the live virus. And so here's an example of the, this is now your normal vaccine. You take the, so there's the virus or bacteria. It's literally in there, it's dead in, and, and it's grown in all what we talked about in live embryos, embryonated eggs and, and tissue culture. And then they stick it into you. And when it goes into you, your cells see this and then they trigger the antibodies as we talked about through the CD4 CD, uh, and the B cells. Okay, now the mRNA vaccine, I just walked you through, right? You stick in the, 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 uh, the, the uh, lipid coating and it generates the antibodies to go affect this. And those of you who joined us late, I drew this out in a very, very deliberate way so everyone can follow this and that was right here, okay? So we just covered this, but again, uh, for, for the sake of quick review, the here's you get injected over here on the right here. These are those lipid covered particles. This has the mRNA goes into your cell and it right up here comes down and that's and it releases the mRNA. Let's show that right here. Um, right here, you're seeing it releases the MR, it releases the mRNA and the mRNA goes to your ribosome and it starts producing the spike proteins. OK, that's what these are spike proteins get produced and then your body's T cells recognize that they create the B cells over here and the B cells create the antibodies right here. Okay. Antibodies. Right. So we talked about this. This is a reductionist form because what you're trying to do is you're just focused on getting those antibodies set. And if you got those antibodies, the theory is you got an awesome immune system. You need to just, you're done. Well, it's not true as we're going to learn. Okay because antibodies are not the only game in town, all right? So this is that process. You're trying to get the antibody production. So if you look at this reductionist approach, a large pop portion of the population needs to be vaccinated for a vaccine to be effective, okay? So let's, let's look at that. In the vaccine model, none of this works. Very, very important to understand. None of the vaccine strategy works unless you vaccinate you know, nearly everyone. And every vaccine has a different percentage that was set by the CDC, right? Or the NIH. So different vaccines say, well, 90% of the population needs to be vaccinated. So, you know, when you work out the statistics, other people don't get hurt. That's called the herd immunity, quote unquote, herd immunity concept. So then adverse events from vaccination, although observed, are often overlooked to create herd immunity. So this is like Spock from, you know, Star Wars saying the, you know, the benefit to the many overweighs to benefit to the few. So the goal is, yeah, some people may get injured, but who cares? We're, our goal is to make sure everyone, we create this herd immunity. But herd immunity is based on the vaccine model. But it's all of it is a narrow focus on antibody creation. 
and it looks and it overlooks the other critical parts of the immune system, such as the interferon system. So let me just summarize the reductionism here. So you got to follow this with me here. And this is why I want to make all of you system scientists. If you look at the whole, the immune system has many, many different processes going on, many processes. But their view is we just have to get that antibody. I got to just get that antibody. It's like a drug dealer, right? He's got to have his fix. I got to get the antibody, antibody. Okay. In order to make that antibody, first they tried these things called the, the, the conventional vaccines. Then they realize, well, long time to make. We got to do this. We got to do that. We're getting injuries. Okay. Let's go to the mRNA vaccine. Much shorter timeline. You know, uh, safety is the same quote unquote safety trials that they had to do with vaccines. And by the way, vaccines don't need to go through even the pharmaceutical grade testing because they're considered the same level of testing. They're considered biologic. So they have a lot more flexibility and you can't sue a pharma company, uh, um, pharma company in court, a manufacturer, if you get injured. So vaccine manufacturing is a lot of um, uh, positive gains for those vaccine manufacturers. All right. So when you look at this situation here, what we see here is that this entire notion is comes from the notion of an antibody. So we got to get an antibody. In order to get that antibody, we're going to do a bunch of things like with the mRNA. But then to make it effective for a population, we got to make sure at least 90, 95% are being vaccinated. Okay. In order, they all have the antibody. So the guy that doesn't have it doesn't hurt other people. But it's all coming from this notion of the antibody as the end-all, cure-all, magic bullet, okay? It's a magic bullet approach to, you know, immunity. So what is really going on is something quite different, is the following. And in order to understand that, I always share with you what Cytosol is. Cytosol is a technology I created, which is really a 23rd century platform for discovery of, uh, we do all of our work now using mathematical modeling we're not a vaccine manufacturer, that idiot Kennedy said when I exposed him. We're not a, we don't make drugs. You know, I don't work for Bill Gates. <laughs> when I exposed Kennedy, that's what he did because he was, he was very afraid that all of his followers were going to start giving him money. So he said, because I run a software company and I get $10 off on software, I must work for Bill Gates. But anyway, um, Cytosol is a technology that actually is trying to mathematically model this process of in vitro screening or in vivo on the computer. So you don't have to kill animals and you can save animals and we can find toxicities long before. This is a process for creating a drug. It's a very medieval process. You kill animals and then you spend $5 billion, 13 years on this process um, just to go from a single compound all the way to th through to get this figured out. And, and the pharma companies are spending a lot of money on R&D and they're losing big time because less and less drugs are being even allowed by the FDA. So this is one phenomenon. I thought, wow, if I could create a technology that could save animals and could figure out toxicity, we could save a lot of lives. At the same time, as I was doing this, um, thinking about these things in 2003, the Genome Project ended, as I just shared with everyone who joined early. When the Genome Project ended, what we learned was we only have 20,000 genes. We don't have a million genes. We have 20,000 genes, the same number of genes as a worm. So the reason I shared that drawing with you early on is what this has led people to realize is genes are not 
make us who we are. In fact, it's not the protein coding genes. Besides, those 20,000 genes only represent 5% of the genome. The other 95% are ribonucleic acids, which can code, which can do all sorts of other things. So there, even though we have 20,000 genes and a worm has 20,000 genes, it's not the number of genes that make us different. What makes us different is the molecular reactions. So that led me to come back to MIT in 2003. A bunch of people invited me back to finish my PhD. And the goal was, if you want to understand the whole body, the whole system, it's not just the genes. You got to interconnect all of these. In fact, it's not just the nucleus of the cell, as, I sh as some of the drawings I did. It's the whole cell. We got to understand how to model all of these molecular reactions. And that's when I came back to MIT and took on this challenge to mathematically model the whole human cell. Imagine these little chemical reactions, which is just one little piece of this. These can be converted to models, and you could probably model that well. But what happens when you want to model this level of complexity? You can't do it unless you have a new technology. And that was Cytosol for my PhD work during 2003 and 7. I created a technology where we could mathematically model pretty much any disease. And over the last 16 years, we've created a very powerful technology. We help lots of customers, people all over the world using mathematical modeling, right? To understand what works, what doesn't, so they don't waste their time. So Cytosol, very much like if you were to build an airplane, you build it on the computer before you waste time. Cytosol lets us build stuff on the computer long before we want to go do any clinical testing. So what emerges from Cytosol, and we're going to talk about the missing link, is this. This, everyone look at this carefully. This is actually a much more holistic understanding of the immune system. And if you remember, antibodies are a very small portion of it. Antibodies are generated, remember, from the adaptive immune system. Those of you who are listening from the beginning, and, and the adaptive immune system is what generates antibodies. This is one little thing. But guess what? There's all this other stuff, not only the innate, the interferon system, which I've talked about, but I wanna pound away at this today, how important this is. We have the microbiome, the virome. This is a much more holistic view of the immune system versus the innate and the adaptive, the two blue boxes, okay? Just to be clear, the fundamental way that the establishment scientists look at the immune system is just the two black boxes in the scientific uh, lecture I gave at the National Science Foundation in 2019. It was an invited lecture. It was, a very, it was called the Prestige Lecture. It's a big honor to be invited. And my talk was about the modern immune system. And this is a diagram that I shared with them, which really talks about the fact that the immune system is a very, very complex system, okay? Complex system. And what you see here is that this complex system the missing link is the interferon system. And the interferons, we're gonna discuss that. So what is the interferon system? And I want you to listen very carefully to this. There's different types of interferons. There's interferon alpha and there's interferon beta. And interferons constitute the first line of defense against infection. Let me repeat that. Interferons are the first line of defense when you get infected, the first line of defense. And by the way, my PhD work at least 50% of it was studying the immune system relative to the interferon system. Now, the IFNs create an antiviral env environment in the cells. Now, type 1, which are these type interferons, alpha and beta, 
are present in virtually all cells in the body. Let me repeat that again. This is probably one of those profound things everyone needs to understand. Antibodies may not exist in all cells, but interferons exist in every cell of your body. We just absorb that for a second. Every cell of your body. Interferon one, alpha and beta, one and two exist in every cell of your body, in your cardiac cell, in your red blood, white blood cell, every cell. We have about 300 different types of cell. Interferons exist in all those different types of cells. So that's something we need to understand. So um, now type one interferons include, as I mentioned, alpha and beta. Now in the recent article, one of the recent articles that came out in the Journal of Virology, uh, this is what it said. Listen carefully. Type one interferons act as a distress signal. Each cell produces in response to infection and in initiate immune response. What does that mean? What that means is if you have a cell that gets infected, the epithelial cell in the lungs when people get COVID, guess what? That cell sends out smoke signals or, you know, it basically puts out flashing alarm alarms. Those smoke signals and those flashing alarms are the interferons are being sent out there. Interferon alpha and beta get sent out to say, hey, particularly beta gets sent out first and then alpha, okay? Interferon beta is like the smoke signal. It's, hey, we're being attacked. We're being attacked, okay? And infection is underway. So all of these cells have the interferons. And the IFNs modulate the innate and the adaptive. And IFN deficiency leads to a weakened immune system against pathogens. Let me repeat that again. IFN deficiency leads to a weakened immune system. And the IFN system enhances antiviral activity of natural killer cells and CD8 cytotoxic cells. So what are natural killer cells and CD8 cytotoxic cells? The NK cells, natural killer cells, are the ones would literally kill infected cells and take out viruses. The CD8 killer cells are the ones that take out the infected cells. So when you, if you are deficient in interferons, listen very carefully. If you are deficient in interferons, you will not be able to produce those NK cells and those CD8 cells to go kill infected cells. What is the name of the game? You get infected. You don't want, you want to take out those viruses. You don't want them to hang out in cells, infect them. You want to take out the infected cells. It's like you're going and taking out where the terrorist homes are. That's what an infected cell is. Okay. So interferons, if you have deficiency interferons, you're not going to be able to produce enough NK cells. Now, what's interesting is, what's powerful to understand is there are people who are asymptomatic. They have COVID, but guess what? They don't have antibodies. But somehow they're natural killer cells. This virologist was saying he didn't understand the immune system. And I was very annoyed with him because I'm getting all these videos. Oh, have you listened to this guy? The guy doesn't understand the interferons. He's like saying, I don't know how this occurs. I was frankly shocked. I'm not even sure if he's a virologist. Said he worked for the Gates Foundation and suddenly he's had an epiphany. Well, he's too little, too late. But the bottom line is this. The interferon system, interferons, enable the creation of those NK cells and CD8 cells, right? Let me re repeat that again. Right here, right? Look what we got here. Interferon system enhances the antiviral activity of your NK cells, et cetera. Those natural killer cells, which we have natural immunity, 
We have natural immunity in CD8 cells. Well, why don't we talk about how you boost those? Well, interferons do that. Interferons boost immunity long before antibodies. This is why all these people, why they have the virus, but they got nothing going on because their interferon system kicked in and it took it out. All right, educate your doctors about this. All right, that's what's going on. So that's what we have here. So I wanna talk to you about how this interferon system works. This is gonna sound a little complicated, but it's frankly, the interferon system involves the following. First, you have the virus infection. We're gonna go clockwise. You have virus infection take place. Then you have receptor signaling, which is IFN beta, which is one of the interferons. And then you have amplification where, so this is the initial smoke alarm goes off. And then you have the IFN amplification cycle where interferon beta and alpha get released. And then you have the regulatory cycle, which makes sure you shut it off so you don't get a cytokine storm, okay? So here's the outer circle is a cell wall. The inner circle is a nuclear wall. The virus enters your cell right there, all right? There's a protein called IRF3. This binds to that virus and um, phosphorylates the virus, this piece, and it goes down into the genome, into the nucleus, and your body creates IFN beta, right? First step, IFN beta is created. Then IFN beta can go to a neighboring cell. This is a smoke signal. See, smoke, 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 smoke signals. It then tells a cell, hey, I've been infected. It lands on that receptor. And through a series of, again, reactions, IRF9 is created. But more importantly, right here, IRF7 is created. This IRF7 is very, very important, hangs out in the cytoplasm. So when the next time a virus comes, IRF7 signals to, for the creation of INF alpha and beta. And this is where you get that antiviral activity, right? That this cell gets primed first, as I mentioned here, you get the virus infection, which then creates the receptor signaling, which is this, IFN beta. Then you get amplification. So you get you go from a little bit of IFN beta to tons of IFN alpha and beta because the next virus that comes in initiates that. So let's look at this. You have the first onset of the virus and the next onset. The first set of the first onset of the virus creates a little bit of interferon beta, the smoke signals. But the first onset of the virus, your body's so smart, so amazing, it creates this thing called IRF7. So the next time a virus comes, it like sets off all the alarms, okay? Interferon alpha and beta and tons of them. And your, your immune system awakens up and those interferons go waking up your killer T cells and your NK cells. And more importantly, they turn on thousands of genes. We're not even talking about antibodies. Thousands of good genes get turned on to go fight that virus. And in addition to that, your interferons turn on your you know, military machine of your NK cells and your CD8 cells. So think about that. Long before antibodies, all right? These systems are there. This is why a lot of people are asymptomatic. They don't have the antibodies, but they're fine because they have strong interferon systems and interferon systems are supported by a whole range of diet and food, okay? So, and therefore the question is, what turns on your interferon system? And I think it's unfortunate these doctors have not focused on that, well, because they don't study the body system. There you go, all right? So, current vaccination approaches focus on antibody production. That's all they're focused on. 
Vaccines do not activate the IFN system. Let me repeat that, okay? Vaccines do not activate the IFN system. That's pretty sad. One of the most primitive, powerful systems, vaccines aren't doing that. They're just focused about the antibodies. That's all they're doing, okay? That's all they're focused on, antibodies, antibodies, antibodies. Now, the IFN system activation is needed for a robust systemic, which means across the board immune response. Vaccines and consequently antibodies provide a reductionist immune response to infection. All right, that's what we're talking about. And that is a good segue to wrapping up and talking about synergy. So let's really focus. It's getting late here, it's almost midnight. Wow, you guys are still with us. How are we guys doing here? Why well, we got a good number of people here. Um, look, the bottom line is, out of the entire amazing immune system that's evolved, the interferon system has a systemic effect. It turns on NK cells, CD8 cells, turns on all the stuff, and it's a missing link. But we're over here focused on just, I'm not saying it's a bad, it's, it's, we should not do, like I'm not diminishing that because we take a systems approach, you know, let a thousand flowers bloom. But all they're focusing on is just getting the antibodies. That's it. And if you get the antibodies, you're in great shape, chill out. What's not true? Because in their antibody, when you take a reductionist approach, it's not the whole solution. In order, because it's not the whole solution, now you gotta go whole vaccinate everyone, okay? Versus if we turned on the whole immune system, maybe we wouldn't need to go do that. Because they're only going after the small piece of a big problem, then they're telling us to go vaccinate everyone with that small piece. But what about if we turned on the ensemble effect in everyone. If we did that, you'd solve, you don't have to go, you know, do this for everyone. You can make it a more decentralized model. Everyone takes care of boosting their interferon system. All right. So this is called the principle of synergy. When you take the course for truth, freedom, and health, when you take the foundations of systems course, you're going to understand the synergistic principles. Life is not about just doing one thing. It's not just about eating well and you know, maybe eating vegan all day, organic food, that's not gonna cut it. You gotta work out. You gotta get enough sleep. You gotta have good friends, okay? You gotta live in a nice, unstressful environment. That's health. It's not just doing one thing. It's a whole range of things. It's called the synergy principle. So the Cytosoft technology I developed, it's a very powerful technology because we can mathematically model chemical reactions in the body. We can understand synergy. And I'm gonna end on this. I'm gonna show you how you can use the synergy principle and why it's important, why food is medicine. Food is medicine because you're not just taking one little you know, pharmaceutical drug or even one little vitamin pill. You're taking a whole range of things, okay? And the more we have this ensemble effect, it's powerful. Like I keep saying, their model of immunity is, imagine you have a big orchestra and you just have the oboe, that's, that's the antibody. And all the conductor does is say oboe, oboe, oboe. You get a pretty interesting sound, but it's not anything musical relative to the whole orchestra. The immune system is an orchestra. So in order to understand synergy, where you can use it in their lives, let's look at the, let's look at right here, okay? Let's go back here and we're gonna finish up with synergy. The synergy, synergy principle basically says that you know, when the ancient yogis used to blend all this stuff together with mortar and crystal, they were trying to understand how things work. Now, if you look at something like eating a curry meal with curcumin 
and resveratrol, oops, it should be resveratrol, imagine all the molecular mechanisms of inflammation in your body, okay? With cytosol, we can understand how both of these work together. We can understand how curcumin works individually to affect all of these molecular mechanisms of inflammation. We can understand how resveratrol works independently, but then we can also understand how they work together. With cytosol, I can mathematically model. So on the right column is a cytokine, which means high inflammation. 0.15 means you got a lot of inflammation going on in your body. I give a little bit of curcumin, a little bit of resveratrol. I mean, no curcumin, no resveratrol. I got high inflammation. I only give curcumin now. Look what happens. The inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.05. Next, I only give resveratrol, okay? It drops from 0.15 to 0.06. Then, this is a synergy. I reduce my dosage of curcumin from 5 to 3 by 40%, 5 to 260%, still the total amount. But look what happens. The inflammation goes down from 0.15 to 0.03, but double from 0.06 to 0.03. That's powerful. That's called the synergistic principle, all right? This is why we need to take a systems approach because solutions come applying to politics, not just from being a health nut, not just from being a 1A, 2A guy, not just from being a nerd who wants science and truth. We need the yoga people and the health people to recognize you need the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. We need the First Amendment and the Second people to recognize that we need good health. We need the nerds to recognize they need good health and they need the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, okay? We need to bring together all of these movements, truth, freedom, and health. That's why I'm saying you got to have a systems understanding. Now, on the molecular level, I've talked about it, systems, and I've talked about it at the macro level. What I want to let you know with Cytosol, we, over since 2003 to seven. I nerded out and I built out the technology at MIT. Then I nerded out for another five years and I wrote a lot of papers to validate this technology. And then from 2012 all the way to now, we started helping companies. We thought pharma would want to use our mathematical models, right? We helped a couple of them, but they're not interested in this. They're interested more in beefing up their stock price, but they're problematic is they just use a single synthetic compound. I'm interested in what my grandmother used to do, natural products. So we help many, many, many natural products companies figure out their mixtures. But over the last 10 years, we've actually created many, many mathematical models of disease. We have we started looking at all different ingredients, particularly looking at inflammation. And we went through trillions of molecular reactions, billions of combinations, and we ourselves discovered a very powerful product called MV25, which is our, we're very excited as I've shared before, of uh, this tool, of this product and, and the tool that uh, lets us apply system science for discovery. So we've discovered a product, and I'll come back to this, um, called MV, um, we've, oops, sorry about that. We've discovered a product called MV25. And what is MV25? MV25, has our label on it, which is scientists and systems systems biologists. We're taking a systems approach. MV25 means mass times momentum, velocity, which means momentum to move. This is a physics play on words, right? And what we're talking about here is we've created a cytosol optimized combination of two bioflavonoids, three bioflavonoids, four, a set of bioflavonoids, which have incredible effect in reducing inflammation. And as the back of the bottle says, you can read it here, it says MV25 
is formulated using this engine that came out of MIT, invented by Dr. Shiva from his doctoral research. And this formulation, MV25, results from where we looked at thousands of papers spanning you know, nearly 40 years across 68 research institutions. We congealed all of that. And then we computed trillions of molecular reactions to find the right combination. And what we say here is to combat discomfort and normal swelling, you know, that come in inflammation. And Cytosol optimized means that this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosol. As a science evolves, so will this formulation. So that's Cytosol. Cytosol is a very powerful formulation, which cannot be done by, you know, hand-waving. The problem with a lot of the nutraceutical industries, a bunch of guys get together and they just hand-wave. They say, I'm going to throw this in this. I'm going to sell it on Amazon. No, that's as bad as what pharma does. What we've done here is we've gone down to the molecular science, looked at all the science, and we know as new science comes, we'll keep updating. And cytosol is like an operating system. And as the science gets more uh, we get more science, we're going to evolve our formulation. We're not stuck to it. So what we've done is we have just launched this pre-orders there. And those of you who want to know where to get it, let me share it with you. You can literally go back to the platform for truth, freedom and health. What a better place to find MV25. If you go to vashiva.com and you go right up to the top here to the shop right there, you will find out that we have all sorts of books. This is a shop. But right here is MV25. Um, it's on pre-order. You know, we're trying to get as much product as in because we're getting inundated with orders. People are very excited about this. And with COVID, you know, there's supply chain issues, but we're working through it and it's work coming out well. But we want people to recognize that MV25 is a product that comes from a systems approach. It's the first of its kind. It's the first of its kind in the world because we're taking using the computer. We're not killing animals. We've gone through many, many different trillions of chemical reactions to discover MV25. So I want, first of all, I want everyone to become truth, freedom, and health warriors. Go to vashiva.com slash join and, and your contributions are what keep our research going. Your contributions are what enable us to, we have our own data center, by the way. We don't rely on Amazon. Your contributions are what make us build the software and provide the educational tools. And, and, and for me, when you contribute to this development of this historic movement, I want to also contribute back to you by providing you education, be it books or tools, or, or supporting you to become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. So go to vashiva.com slash join, become a truth, freedom, and health warrior, support your body, go check out MV25. Um, it's, it's an amazing, uh, journey that for me, all the way from India, understanding Eastern and Western medicine, building Cytosol, linking it to politics, and now creating a platform for truth, freedom, and health. So I hope this was valuable for people. It's late. Um, let me see what we got here. Oh, thank you. Jeannie Graham says, I thank you, Jean Jeannie. Look, all of when you purchase our, the, these kinds of powerful technologies, but that's what VA Shiva is. It's a technology platform. Out of it comes new new products like MV25. Out of it comes education. Out of it comes activism. It's literally an operating system for truth, freedom, and health. Thank you. Um, 
Shiva the destroyer. Okay, thank you, Paul. Hope you're well. Well, destruction of evil. You know, my grandmother used to tell me the, the trident of Shiva is not the devil. The trident, just like the Navy SEAL trident, pierces darkness to deliver truth. So that's what we're doing here. We're piercing darkness to deliver truth. And the way we, and the tips of that trident are truth, freedom, and health. With truth, freedom, and health, we pierce darkness. So I hope everyone has a good evening. And thank you again for the opportunity to share this with you. And thank you for your support. And I wish you and your family um, a much love and light. Be the light and let's win this fight. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Be well. Oh, oh, I think, did I want to end on anything? Hold on one second, guys. I had one more slide. Sorry about this. One more slide. Let's do the summary slide. Sorry about that. One more slide is this. Here's a summary. Antibodies provide a reductionist solution. That's what they do. So this is the takeaways. Unlike antibody, the IFN system provides a perpetual antiviral environment in defense inside the cells. Look at that. Perpetual antiviral environment inside the cells. Unlike vaccines, the IFN system provides a robust immune system that activates innate as well as the adaptive immune system. Public health policies should strongly promote strengthening of the IFN system to prevent infectious diseases. So let's move beyond antibodies and to a systems view of immunity. Again, look at this slide here. Very, very important slide. Sorry, I almost ended without doing this. Antibodies provide a reductionist solution. The interferon system provides a robust immune response that the vaccines do not provide. So sorry about that. Just remember, that's what we want to focus on. We want to recognize that the core of the immune system is that interferon system, which links. So let's figure out ways to boost that. Okay. And let's recognize, yes, antibodies are important. We're not denying that, but they're a small piece of this much larger system. So anyway, learn the foundations of systems. Um, tomorrow, um, we're going to be, uh, I forget what we'll be covering. Keep an eye out. But um, those of you who have ideas of what you'd like me to present, you can email me at vashiva at vashiva.com. I read as many of those emails I can get. My assistant helps me. And then we triage it. And any of the ideas you give, we're literally putting it on our schedule. Thank you. Be well.